Pashow, Pashow, Pashow. Welcome to another episode of At The Bar Podcast. I am your host. And I'm Jeff. And we have a very special episode. But first, Jeff has to, uh, Jeff, we're like to make an announcement. I have a shout out to make. I have to thank uh, our friends over at Barrel of Monks Brewing, sending us a video of them barrel, uh, of them kegging one of my favorite beers, the Wizard Wit. Um, which I've talked about a good amount of times on the you're show. You're smiling so. as, you're, as you're talking about you're, it. <laughs> you're very welcome, guys, for the shout-outs, and we're going to keep throwing them your way. It was, uh, we love the beer, so keep doing it, man. Keep putting out the good stuff. Yeah, I've never seen Jeff talk about a beer so much besides <laughs> other than – you talk about Rob's chocolate peanut butter quite a bit when you first had it, but never like this this wizard beer. I don't even like whipped beers, and it's just like <laughs> I love this beer, but – you know, just shout out barrel anyway. months, man. Hell yeah. So I wanna I think our beers are really gonna set the tone for this episode. This very kind of rushed surprise episode. Uh for some, mm-hmm. but not not for us. We've been here we we've been hearing about it for a little over a year. Uh but we'll get into that in a second here. But as Jeff can see, because we're we're video sharing, I have a nice uh Belgian huge snifter with funky Buddhas. Sticky treats. Why? And, why Funky Buddha? That's so weird. I don't know. That's so weird, man. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Funky Buddha Last Snow. What? It only seems fitting because it's like the last snow of like the last time the that last they're going to brew it. Of independency <laughs> of last. It's their last snow. It literally, yeah, it is. So this Rice Krispie treat, pretty good. Very ricey, not a whole lot of marshmallow, but you know, still enjoyable. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, I I have to admit I was not crazy about that particular one. Now I did only have it on tap. I have not opened my bombers yet, but I thought it was uh, it, it for for them for how close they come to nailing every single culinary thing that they put out. That was not one that I thought they nailed. Well, even if you're comparing to last year's, my bottle my bomber last year was perfect. Perfect. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll we'll get into it. This is gonna be a you know obviously we're both drinking Funky Buddha, guys. It's no surprise to everyone in the community that Funky Buddha has sold to Constellation, which is the Corona Group, uh, and they also that Constellation also owns Ballast Point. So that group there um, for a little over a year, there's been strong rumors going around that AB InBev was going to buy Funky Buddha. And we were we've been waiting, pretty much on a weekly basis. Uh, me and we Jeff. talk about it every time we go down to the brewery. All the time, all the time. Yeah. It's been a weekly thing, a weekly point of conversation between me and Jeff, uh, off camera, I guess, off recording about when Funky's going to release uh, announce their their buyout. I was convinced. A lot of people were convinced it was going to be at their anniversary party, uh, their fourth year anniversary party. Um, but that did not happen. Don't know why, but. We can always speculate at this point, but good news for some, bad news for most. Funky Buddha has sold out. Yeah, I don't even and like this, using sold out, but they, they they sold, they sold, they sold, and it's yeah. out, and they're out. So it's yeah. it's a sell, it's sold out. They're, this they're one's no a kick in the nuts. This one's a yeah. kick in the nuts to me, man. We talked about this before, and it's like you, it was it was not personal. But we talked about what do we do when it is personal, and and it's one of the breweries that we love. Um, and how do you feel about it? I mean, I don't think my feelings of buyouts have changed any. Uh, we've talked about those a great deal of times on the show, and we know exactly what you know what we're expecting, and what you guys probably can already recite the rhetoric that we're going to have on it. But this one is a different <laughs> one, man. It yeah, feels different. It, it hits closer to home, that's for sure, man. For sure. Oh, it. it... I mean, me and you knew it was happening for a year. You know, you know, we right before we were on our way to our uh, coasters episode, the Belgian Fest at Coasters, when we first heard about it, and yep. that was a year ago, a year and a half ago, when we kind of when you I, I don't know who told you, but somebody told you that there was speculation around that the Funky was considering either considering selling or in the talks or you know what have you, but. This one for us with the show does hit closer home. I mean, we've been huge Funky Buddha fans for before the show is even before I even had you on the show, Jeff. Before at the bar is as current current format. Um, 
We had mm-hmm. that great episode at Funky Buddha, which I've got I've gotten nothing but fucking praise for. Everyone that's yeah. brought up that episode has absolutely loved that episode. And uh, the secret to that is that just I was blacked out. So yeah, I mean that's 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 our secret sauce. Just have Jeff pregame hard. <laughs> really, just get really sauced up, and then the show yeah. benefits. Absolutely. So it, it, <laughs> I mean that was that's probably my top five favorite episodes that we've done in terms of actually seeing the recording it and the outcome of that episode and the content of it. Absolutely. So um I kind of want to, you know, this happened. This is a Sunday after it's been announced. So there's there has been a couple days to kind of for me to kind of gather information for information to be released for us to kind of get our heads kind of on this topic. So I, I kind of want to, I don't even know where to start, man. Like I don't want to spend too much time on our feelings about it. Um, just because it's like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like I'm not upset. I'm not surprised. Um, you know, very either indifferent or I'm happy for them. You know, I'm optimistic, I guess. I mean, okay. So, so I'm happy it's Constellation and not AB because, you know, I don't know. I actually don't even know why. I mean, it's the same fucking thing. But it's just AB losing one for once feels okay to me. But, um, but I, and I like Ballast Point too. So I think I have like more respect for Constellation just because they're at least getting the good, they're getting good breweries. And to my, you know, to my palate, I don't think ballast point has changed a whole lot since they've been bought out it's been over a year uh i still drink their beers i think their beers are still good so at least if it does follow the same kind of you know balance as what they did there uh it seems like constellation allows these brands to continue doing their thing um so you know that's where i that's where i stand i'm glad it's constellation instead of ab but other than that you know it's a buyout another bias yeah i mean i i agree with you 100 percent as as fucking usual like you know i accepted the fact that it was gonna be ab and you know i was maybe naive naively optimistically naive about it like you know maybe ab will come in and maybe they won't you know flip the table and kind of start over and you know funky buddha would stay you know on the outside as funky buddha as possibly can and it just be all back you know you know the, the switch the bio switch would be all internally with you know the structure of the company and and who reports to who but you know with it being constellation i'm i'm you know considering it is about i am more happy because it seems like constellation at least from my point of view takes care of their brands they don't want right. to change they don't want to change anything they just want to come in and not have to rebrand or re-recipe or anything you know i remember you know Ballast Point, you know, years ago, Ballast Point, you know, you can see Sculpin and maybe one or two of their other beers, but that was about it for Ballast Point in Florida, you know, and ever since that billion-dollar buyout, which we covered in our first co- our first few episodes about Constellation buying Ballast Point for a billion dollars, you find Ballast Point everywhere. You, like, I work in the beverage industry, you know, I work at a, a, a liquor store uh, that's Florida-wide. And we have every variation of, of Sculpin, like, all the time. Regular right. OG Sculpin, Pineapple, Habanero, and Grapefruit, all the time. All and of them fantastic. Out, check out, check out that horizontal episode to see how we thought about those. Yes, yes. And we were joined by Carlos and our good buddy Brian from Do South. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But, you know, Sculpin, to my knowledge, hasn't changed. It's still a really great IPA you could get anywhere. And, you know, yep. mango keel and, and, I mean, there's so many very, I mean, there's how many treatments of their oatmeal stout, you know, the peanut butter oatmeal stout. There's all these other treatments that, you know, these tap takeovers have on tap. And, you know, is everything Ballast Point puts out good? No, that red velvet nitro bullshit was terrible. But, you know, not yep. every beer a brewery makes is, is going to be good, but. Watermelon, whatever it was, watermelon, Dorado, even keel was, was fucking was garbage. Or Dorado. Oh my God, Dorado. so garbage. Yeah. But watermelon. That's a whole nother, that's a whole other episode. Watermelon. But <sighs> they haven't announced money, but they did announce it is a one hundred percent all cash buyout, which means Constellation are the one hundred percent owners of our beloved Funky Buddha. Correct. So, yeah. So according to this article, it says. 
that the buyout uh, the buyout structure was similar to uh, the ballast point buyout in all ways. Basically, a a, ca- a cash price outright for 100 percent of the company, and mm-hmm. um, so that's that's what they bought. That's what they were looking at, and uh, I guess Funky Buddha says, as far as they say, it's you know they were they were looking at capacity issues they were looking at expansion issues they were looking at hitting the market and and they were brewing at capacity at all times and they said it was either time to restart re you know look into what we can do to expand or to get a partner who could take us there and they took it they went with the partner who could help take them there um you know whether you consider 100 percent buyout getting a partner that helps you or just getting a way out a way out yeah. You know, whatever whatever your outlook on that is, I'll let you make up your minds on that. But I mean, yeah, um, it's been it's been no secret. Like I know when we went down there, uh, when we went on the tour, I mean they were having problems with keeping employees, and not that Funky Boo is a bad company. It's 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 craft beer is growing so fast that these breweries are constantly opening, and these new owners of breweries are looking for brewers. Well, these you know if you've been brewing at Funky Buddha for two years those brewers are being snatched up by new breweries to become their head brewers. Right. And, you know, there's, we've talked to a couple of breweries, you know, both of us, and they've all had that same problem of, of, you know, you'll get a guy in for a year or two, and then he's leaving to be a head brewer at some small neighborhood brewery. And that makes sense. I don't fault anybody for that, but that's, it's hard for, you know, the bigger breweries that have been around for longer to maintain these employees. And with that, it, you come into a quality issue of having to constantly be hiring people and training them into your quality control. That's expansion. That's, you know, it, it, it's hard. And it's no secret that Funky Buddha, in my opinion, has been having a lot of consistency problems with their beers that they're putting out. And that's, I mean, that's no secret on the show. I know I've talked about it a handful of times directly about, you know, just now, like Sticky Treats now is not as good as last year. And I don't know why. And we've talked about it on the show too. And it's almost been around for a long time, but we talked about this uh, years, uh, almost two years ago, I think, but with Mora Mora and how the second time it came out, they even came out and they said, you know, it's not, this wasn't as good as last year. We we're want, you know, they like apologized to the fans of Mora Mora and said, we're going to make it back to what it was last year. We messed up or whatever. We changed the recipe and we're going to fix it. And then the next year they came back and did it right. And they brought it back. And And I thought that was the coolest thing. I was like, man, you know what? Like they actually took their customers into account and everything. And, but I would say that I've never, I've never had a really truly bad beer from them. I still will maintain that. I think their beers are all really, really good. Um, and they are far and beyond uh, it, at least in my top three favorite breweries to go to that I've ever been to. And they're, you know, it's a coin flip between them and a handful of other people was my favorite brewery, but they're in the running for being my favorite brewery, you know? So there's no secret that they're, that what they're doing works. They're really good. However, I will say that consistency from year to year, I don't think has ever been their strong suit. I feel like their beers always taste a little different than the year before, more so than any other production level brewery that I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. like, yes, if you go and you do a vertical of 120 minute from Dogfish Head, they're all going to taste different, but that's age, not because, not because, you know, the beer, like if you taste the recipe is changing for some reason, for whatever reason, their beer tastes different year to year, every single one of them, like blueberry cobbler is good some years and bad some years, sweet yep. potato casserole is good some year and, and, and not like I said, they're not bad. It's just not it's, as it's good different. sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's a different different beer. For some I reason. genuinely like I'm drinking, you know, the the newest release of Last Snow right now, and I think it's genuinely way better than last year's Last Snow was. Like it different. tastes different. It's a different beer almost, but it's the same yeah. beer. But it's I don't understand why. And I do know they use a lot of fresh ingredients. I mean, I've seen it when I've taken their tour. They have the freaking giant shelf that goes forty feet up to the ceiling inside their giant walk-in, uh, full of fresh fruits and different things that they put in these beers um i mean they use real ingredients in their beer so that could be 
harder to fine tune a taste than it would be to using extracts and things of, of that nature. But I still just, I think that they're, it's almost like they're okay with the fact that our beers are going to taste a little different year to year. And we're just, that's just part of who we are. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not the big fan of that either. Like for example, like sticky treats this year, not as good as last year. And last year's was phenomenal French toast this year noticeably different last year's when we had it yeah. on the show oh my God. fucking perfect a perfect rendition of a french toast beer this year's not not remotely like that even i mean even beers like morningwood like when we had when i opened it for your birthday it was nothing but fucking maple like maple syrup but the year prior you got more bacon you got more of that bourbon you got you know and that maple was not the primary note it was just you know a supplement flavor of a combination but this past year's was just nothing but maple i don't i i don't under, understand if it's growing pains if it's capacity pains if it's expansion pain like i don't know what the issue is and when and when you're operating on a big system like that your recipe shouldn't change your beer shouldn't change because everything's computerized get your water up to a certain temp you you pitch it at this time and this time everything is written down and regimented why are the beers so different year after year after year i don't know and yeah, but but like I said, I think they're still good. Like, and they're, they're one of my good. favorite. They're one of my favorite breweries. The tap room atmosphere. I mean, the, here's the thing. So let's talk about. Let's get back to the buyout because that's what we're really on this show for. This is what everybody's been writing to us to cover anyway. Is this buyout? Yeah. So here's the intangible things that that the things that should not be affected by a buyout. Their tap room atmosphere is phenomenal. It's one of the better tap rooms I've ever been to. Um, they have. They have a great location. They have a great brewery that's capable of producing more beer than they have been producing. Um, according to this article, it says that they have been about 27,000 barrels a year, and they're, they can produce up to 45,000. Or no, they can produce up to 35,000 in their brewery. They have plans to produce up to 45,000. Yep, so they have, a, they have the capability to expand. They have that great tap room. They have that private room in the back for private events and all that cool shit. They have great food. They're a great atmosphere to go to. None of that should change. I don't see how new owners would affect any of that. So as far as the South Florida market goes, I don't see the the people who go there regularly shouldn't be that affected. So it always comes to the same question. Does the beer change? Well, the beer was already changing year to year. Without, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so are we even going to fucking notice that? You know, yeah, like, yeah. true. So I don't, Very I true. don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It, again, you know, we talked about this when I was at Funky Buddha one time and I said, man, if they sell out, this was a, a while back, but if they sell out, that's going to just feel like a knife to the heart. And obviously we're inundated with so many buyouts in this industry now that you kind of you kind of get numb to it and you start to be like okay well it's just it's just part of business it's just part of it but this one did kind of bring me back into like man this fucking like that i love that brewery you know and it's just like i loved they were the quintessentially independent brewery they were like we make our recipes however we want we do these off the wall cool you know culinary beers there's nobody telling us we can't do it and then for them to sell out, it's like, fuck, like, really? You know? In, in, in my opinion, they were the first brewery that I can think of that really pioneered the Florida creative beers, if that makes sense. So they were the first kind of brewery to hit all these unique uh, coffee-flavored beer with strawberry and vanilla and shit. Like, they were the first ones in, in the Florida market to, to you know, to really – get that creative beer out there on a mass scale right oh absolutely so, so that hits close on with me because we all know i love the novelty i love the creative i dogfish is like my favorite brewery ever and funky buddha has that same mentality with me of being that first brewery that i could get something super creative and different pretty much to any bar in orlando the minute they hit orlando before any yeah. other brewery like cigar city you know had you know white oak they had but at that time, it was so hard to find White Oak Highlight that it was just like, it was just difficult. But when fucking Buddha came around, it was, you can get fucking French toast. You can get uh, maple bacon coffee porter. You know, Cigar City didn't do that until later on. 
I mean, with their oatmeal raisin and whatnot. Both, both Cigar City and Funky Buddha. I mean, they both have been bought out this year, and and so I think that the parallel is easy is easy to make. Cigar City was around a lot longer before they sold, you know, and they and they didn't sell a hundred percent of their company, to my knowledge. But they, Cigar they, City they merged or whatever the fuck they merged or whatever with with yeah. the holding company uh, that Oscar owns Blues. Uh, Oscar Blues. So so. Um, but but you can make that parallel. The thing that I think is interesting is is Cigar City. I find to be a big game changer in the state of Florida for craft beer. They were the pioneers that kind of really pushed Florida craft beer to a new level, and a lot of people follow and still follow. And when you talk to breweries, the they talk about following the Cigar City style of opening a brewery and and trying to get you know buy into a production level brewery right from the beginning and, and so that you have room to expand, work on your core brands, make sure they're solid, make sure you have good distribution set up and push out those core brands like crazy so that you get people onto your brand. And then from there, build on, build off of that. And that's what, you know, a lot of the breweries, I would say more than 50% of breweries that open up in Florida do. Then there's funky Buddha who did the opposite, who built a name on crazy beers they built a name on on putting out quality, amazing, off the walls. I can't believe beer tastes like this beer, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember the first Funky Buddha beer that really hit me was was Blueberry Casserole when it first came out, and everybody's like, "Dude, you gotta try this freaking thing. It's insane. Tastes like a blueberry casserole." And I'm like, "Oh, or blueberry uh, cobbler, cobbler." Right. And then uh, Sweet Potato Casserole was another one. It's a freaking amazing beer, and and they were just nailing it with these culinary beers, um, and now. As much as Cigar City maybe brought craft beer to a bigger scene in Florida and made it what it is, Funky Buddha has, like you said, created a whole new like Florida is all can almost be start being known for its crazy off the wall culinary beers. You have places like Jay Wakefield, Angry Chair, uh, Funky Buddha, um, Ardwolf, uh, yeah. all these places who I in mean, Florida who gets crazy beers. Putting cage. out cake, yeah, cage. You're putting out cake flavors, putting out dessert flavors, putting out freaking all kinds of these crazy concoctions and off the wall things that taste amazing. And you wouldn't expect that out of Florida because a lot of those beers are dark and heavy, and we're 102 degrees every day. But, mm-hmm. but more so than any other area or state or beer market, I think we put out culinary beers and food beers a lot more so than you know a lot of other places and i think funky buddha is responsible for that being a huge part of florida absolutely i mean it's yeah dude i i it's it's let's just go into questions uh you know <laughs> we could go back and forth about you know how funky buddha you know really kind of changed our landscape so when this when this got released i immediately went to the interwebs and asked people to submit questions or comments for us to answer on on the show and we ha- we do have a couple all right so this came from wayne out of the beer label society group on facebook uh i was asking for questions or comments that people wanted us to bring up on the this episode uh he ma- made a comment says he's eagerly anticipating georgia distribution so okay uh in my opinion i think georgia would make the most sense for funky to buddha to kind of trickle into once the ball get gets rolling but that's just my opinion uh what do you think uh, I think that if they want to follow a successful distribution expansion, they would follow what Cigar City did, which was go into Georgia. Uh, they kind of went from South Georgia up to North Georgia right when they got bought out. They were in parts of Georgia already, but they just took the state over at that point. Um, Georgia has a lot of craft beer drinkers and not a lot of breweries. Uh, Sweetwater's still top dog in Georgia, as far as I know. And that's... That's a secret, you know. And, oh my God. and that's and, well, and Sweetwater's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're not, you know, they're not all that great. Terrapin, you know, when was the last time you heard anything about Terrapin, really? Um, yeah. You know, so so I think it's a market that's very easily uh, you can introduce yourself in there and you could probably take a good chunk of market right away. So I think it's a logical right. choice for them. Distribution should be easy right there uh, just to move. Just keep moving north. Um but the networks are available for them, and to be honest with you, as far as logistics works, I would imagine it's not any different than moving into any other state. 
it's not like those kegs are going to be, I mean, I guess maybe those kegs from Funky Buddha maybe are on a truck the whole time and they're not flying. But once you add flying into the mix, it's just as easy to fly a keg to Georgia as it is to fly it to New York. They already have the network set up and they have the money. It's not like they're not flying those kegs from San Diego to New York and then to Florida or from, you know what I mean? Like the planes are already in the air. So they're, you know, any state is logical for them if the market exists. And I think that that's what they're looking to find is markets like Georgia, where they can introduce their product into high beer market with low competition. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. And they can call themselves local in Georgia, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I definitely think Georgia Georgia would be probably their first state that would be their best bet. Uh, next question: uh, Are you guys surprised that Constellation bought Funky Buddha instead of InBev? With that being the rumor for so long, uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised, and I'm happy that Constellation came in and ended up buying Funky Buddha. I think it's better for the brand. I think it's better for Constellation. I think it's better for everybody, including us as the consumers. Uh, it seems like Constellation really takes care of the brands. Um, they have a better reputation than AB InBev because AB InBev has the worst probably representation uh, <laughs> reputation in craft beer. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I'm very happy that if, you know, with Funky Buddha selling out that they sold to Constellation. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but I will say this. I'm, I am surprised, but I'm not as surprised as I probably should be because the same thing has happened now multiple times. Same thing happened. Um, same thing happened with Ballast Point. Everybody said InBev's coming in and buying them, and Constellation swooped in. Same thing happened with Cigar City, as we were talking about them. Everybody was talking about InBev coming in. They actually had a can of water behind their bar that said Anheuser-Busch Bud Light or something. It said, but it was a can of water behind their bar. They had a sign on the door talking about InBev. They were making jokes about the fact that they were about to sell to InBev. And then, lo and behold, they don't sell to InBev. So I have a feeling that some of the rumors start something along the lines of, hey, man, Funky Buddha is going to sell. Oh, InBev's probably buying them. And then word of mouth just goes and says, InBev, 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 InBev. And mm-hmm. whether they were even interested or in the bidding, everybody just assumes it's InBev at the beginning. You don't really know until the deal actually happens. So um, I'm, I'm surprised, but I don't even know if InBev was in the running from the beginning. We just all heard it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So cool. But yes, next. definitely better for the brand. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So next question, uh how do you what was the dollar amount you guys thought that Funky Buddha sold for? Oh boy. <laughs> Buddy. Um I'm going go on a limb. I'm gonna say between in the four hundred millions. That's what I think that Funky Buddha sold for. Somewhere yeah. between four to five hundred million dollars. But I would say between four hundred and four hundred fifty million dollars, I think, was uh the price that Constellation paid for. That's my estimate. But we don't know. We do we do not know. Uh four hundred thousand seems high to me. They bought they bought Ballast Point, which for had a billion, dude. For a billion. But they bought Ballast Point, which had uh almost nationwide distribution and uh, and a spirits and beer program and they spent a billion dollars funky buddha is in what one state uh yes they're in one state on that but i'm gonna say yes they the i i would say somewhere around 200 million 200 to 250 million is what I would guess is what the, and, and that's, I, uh, again, we don't know. Yeah, we we don't just know. don't know. Yeah. So I, th- I think they went high just because of the reputation. Funky Buddha has their portfolio. Um, you know, Funky Buddha is expanding. So it's, I don't know, man. I think yeah. they went high though. I think they went high. All right. Uh, next question with the Funky Buddha buyout, will that changes your guys' opinion of the brewery? Will you guys still go and slash still go to their events? I'll let you answer that first. Simple question. Yes. Or simple answer. Yes, absolutely. I will still go to their events. Uh, Pending that the beer stays the same. I will still go to their events. Uh, uh, It changes my reputation or my, 
the way I feel about the brewery. Yes, it does. Um, you know, it's impossible not to. We t- Does it make it negative? Does it make me hate it? No. Um, but it just doesn't feel like the local brewery and the home that it used to feel like, you know? Um, and that's, this was part, this was one of my, this is one of my favorite breweries that I called. This is my local spot. So now it's, you know, owned by a bigger conglomerate and it just changes it a little bit. Do I hate them? Absolutely not. Do I think they made a decision that was best for them? Sure. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I'll still go to their events. I'll still recommend that people go there. I still think it is the, you know, the, the place that if you're visiting Florida and you have to go to one brewery and try it, I think that's the place you have to go. And none of that has changed. Yeah. Same here. Uh, I, if I'm ever in South Florida, I would still would want to go to Funky Buddha. I know I haven't had the best experiences every time I've gone, excuse me, but I'm still loyal to my inner sick craft beer demons of wanting to try new shit of wanting to try different culinary creative beers and then the old classics that I still enjoy. And Funky Buddha, there's a lot of be- there's a lot of beers I like. And Funky Buddha is a brewery that I like a lot of their beers, despite some negative experiences I- I've had. I would still, I still appreciate them. I'm still a Funky Buddha fan. So that doesn't change anything for me. Will it feel different walking in? Maybe, but at the same time, I'm not going to give a fuck because I'm still going to get a flight of their tasty beers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So next question or comment to, uh, Hey guys, love the show. Uh, you guys have mentioned multiple times that funky Buddha is the best brewery or one of the best in South Florida. Uh, I love them too. To me, they're the King brewery of South Florida with them going, not, uh, with them going not independent anymore. Who is the new King of South Florida beer? Interesting question. Very interesting. It's, uh, is this question is tearing me up. Cause I want to say Lauderdale, but <laughs> man, it can't soul. be Lauderdale. It can't I be Lauderdale. But I love Lauderdale. Lauderdale, you guys do a fantastic job. I know you listen to the yeah. show. It's you will be there. Yeah, just a little too just small. a little too there. small. You're gonna get there. Don't worry about it. And it's still when I fly out of Fort Lauderdale, I try and make it a point to to have a little bit of a time between getting my car and, and getting a beer over there. And yeah. <laughs> so, Agreed. yes. That's I, a guaranteed love, stop for me every time I'm down south. Is I I'm love Lauderdale. Right. It's just it's a little too small, and the distribution's not there yet. And I can't call yeah. him king king of South Florida just yet. Agreed. So my answer is going to be MIA. Okay. They're changing, they're changing the game with their hard water series, their their neon IPA, which is now getting canned. They have they're I think they're having a new year round the 305. Uh, they're doing a lot of great things. They're distroing everywhere. Uh, they have great can design. They have a great reputation everything's pretty is solid uh so i would uh, my vote would be mia but don't don't look away from jay wakefield because they're creeping up once they get uh a little bit bigger okay so um so is this question assuming that funky buddha can't remain the king yeah i would i would assume so yeah Okay, so now that they're owned by, they're not independent, so they're not technically crap. So So who is the king independent? Okay, independent brewery, the king of South Florida. Uh, Okay. You're going to say Barrel Monks. (laughs) It's, God, they are good, man. They need to get the distro, though. Same thing I said about Lauderdale. They need to get the distro. They're they're a little too small, but they are, they make phenomenal beer. So uh, I do love them. But the, what I believe uh there's two breweries that stand out to me uh the one that is the logical choice for me to say is the king the new king of south florida is due south because they're already there they're already there with the distribution they're already there with the reputation and they're already there with the recipes to put out great beer um and and they they do a lot of crazy stuff here's the thing that i think due south just falls off a tiny just the littlest bit on is that when they put out the crazy stuff in the in the you know off the walls culinary beers, I feel like they they err on the side of it's going to taste like this, but we don't want to get too crazy with it. Whereas they should just go all in on it. I would love to be blown away by their crazy stuff the same way I'm blown away by all of their normal core beers. Um, 
and that's just the one the one thing that prevented me from saying that they're better than Funky Buddha. But again, now I'm saying they're probably you know the new king of South Florida, and they do great beers too. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say them. I'm gonna say Jay Wakefield Brewing because Jay Wakefield nails the crazy stuff every single time, and they're not afraid to take a chance. They put out the the, the most wild ideas for beers that you wouldn't even conceive and they do them well and they do sours very well which is another that's impressive to me that they put out a lot of sour beers very well they put out a lot of dark beers very well um and i i am very impressed with jay wakefield uh and i think that they're it it, the way i'm looking at this question is if you're in south florida which brewery do you have to go to and i think you have to go to jay wakefield and try their beers I can agree with that. Yeah, I think I think Due South for me would be more in the conversation once they're done with their expansion. Um, they do. I mean, they have a you know a big portfolio in terms of you know they're in Tampa, they're in Jacksonville, they're in D.C., they're in you know they're in places outside of Florida to meet up with to keep up with demand and stuff. It's it's hard. Um, so you know maybe once they expand and get more tanks in, you know I would I would definitely would would throw them in that discussion, but. They have obviously better distribution than Lauderdale and some of the other breweries, but uh, for them to really do the crazy stuff or anything like that, it would be it's a little harder for them. Uh, but I mean, it's no fucking secret, guys. Like, do South is my shit. I love everybody there. Um, I do anything for them. I think they're one of the best breweries in Florida. They're just not there for me quite yet. Quite yet. They're 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 right there, but not right there. They're at the goal line to where, it, in my opinion, MIA is already in the end zone in terms of distro. But yeah, it's their own. It's the opinion, guys. It's the opinion. And last comment, guys. Uh, love the show. You guys are fucking awesome. Jeff is hilarious. Mike, you do you do an all right job. Well, fuck you, man. Who <laughs> <laughs> was that? Who wrote uh, that, Preston? No, no, that no one we know. But fuck you, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh. Buyouts, guys. Do you, do you guys foresee any near uh, any other Florida breweries buying out in the near or getting bought out in the near future? And this is the last question. Oh, it's I'm hard gonna to say. say. No. I'm going to say no. I think this is it for 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 a long time. For a long time for Florida. Yeah, I don't see it anytime. I mean, what's a long time? I don't see it anytime in the next two years because I don't think yeah. that there's anybody. I don't think there's anybody who's there yet who's at that point where they're struggling to hit distribution and is ready to expand their thing and, and is really looking for that next step. Um, there's nobody down here who's quite at that point yet. Um, in, in at least in my market, the only place I could really think about would maybe be like some of those places in Jacksonville that have been doing it for five, six years. Um, Bolt, Bolt city, <laughs> some of those, uh, or, or if you go over into the Tampa market, there's a handful of places that have been doing it for a while that are maybe ready. Um, I could see, um, God, I always, I always get them confused. Is it Florida Brewing, Reef Donkey? Who has Reef Donkey? Uh, Tampa Bay Brewing Company. Tampa Bay Brewing. So I could see, I could see Tampa Bay Brewing getting bought out by somebody. But if, but that would be, I they're in distribution. They are a craft beer. Uh, their brewery, their craft, their but they are are a restaurant as well. Uh, that would be the only one I could see in the next couple of years selling, and it would not be to an AB or a Constellation Group. I think it would be to a restaurant chain. Um, okay, I could see like uh, OSI, like Outback Steakhouse, or somebody coming in like that and buying them out, or maybe just um, another craft brewery buying them out because that seems or, to be happening too lately. Yeah, or another craft brewery partnering with them to get the restaurant thing going, and then they could yeah. you know. Cr- kind of cross their brands together and, and make something happen. That would be the only one I could see uh, into my head right now that is right. That is there uh, ready to do something like that, but I don't see it happening. I think Florida is safe for a while. Um, and you know, the backlash of, of what funky Buddha is going to get on the internet, on the interwebs from the really staunch craft beer people that are going to say, fuck them or never going there again and all that stuff. Yeah. They're going to get the social media nightmare. And that's going to keep a lot of Florida breweries at bay for a while as well. Um, just cause that's, and that's inevitable. Um, and whether you agree or disagree with buyouts is your personal business. And 
And if you choose not to support a brewery because of that, then I fully support your decision to do that. Um, you know, what's important to you is what's important to you. So, uh, you know, you will see bad things on the internet about them. And I think that that will prevent other Florida breweries from doing, from doing the exact same thing anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also want to point out that, you know, buyouts are, are inevitable, man. Like you, these guys, it's business. Like you guys got, everyone needs to understand that these people that are selling the breweries are fucking filthy rich, filthy rich. They are you know, now. If if, right. And <laughs> Funky Buddha, their Boca location opened in 2010. All right. It's now 2017. Now there is no figure. There's no amount that they sold for, but let's just say it's a hundred million dollars, which I think is super low for what they actually sold for. So you're telling me in seven years, someone's if I own a business and in seven years, someone offers me a hundred million dollars, I'm expected to say no. No, I'm saying that's crazy. That's crazy. I had a, assume people would say no. If I had a baby and in seven years, somebody offered me a hundred million dollars, I'd give them my baby. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, that's, I mean, and when people ask me about, you know, why I'm not upset and why I'm not being a fucking neckbeard shitlord on the fucking internet, it's that exact reason. Like, why should I be shitting on somebody who ran a successful business? Like, they, they did it. They did it. And people can be upset. And that's, I think, entitlement of the, the industry as a whole is that these people are upset. And they, you know, it's wrong. I think it's wrong for people to be upset because, but they did it because it's not a business to us. And that's, and I get why people are upset because it's not a business to us, to us. It's personal. This is what we love. And it's the same as any hobby industry because let's be real craft beer lovers. It's a hobby. We love our beer. That's, oh yeah. it's not, and we're not alcoholics. I mean, we are, but we just pretend we're functioning alcoholics, but but just like the wine people, they, it's it's a hobby. You know, we this is what we do. We go, I go out to do my hobby as often or more than I do other hobbies. You know, mm-hmm. to go drink beer. So it's personal to us because it's personal because the what we do is personal to us. Drinking beer is personal to us. So that's why people get bent out of shape about buyouts because they don't view it the same way that as if it's a business. It's not Dick's Sporting Goods. It's a it's part of our life. You know. Yeah. And that's why these people get bent out of shape about it. I, on the other hand, don't have that benefit. I'm in the industry and I do know it's a business and I know all the business behind it. And so I, I view it as a business transaction and I'm okay with it, you know, and that's, I will still be going to funky Buddha because I think it's fine. But if it is personal to you, then shit, man, I support you. Don't go there. You're missing out on really good beer though. Yeah. More for me. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, that's how we see it. Like, that's how you see it. That's how I see it. It's a business move. Now, there's over 5,000 breweries in the United States, guys. Like, it's okay to be upset, but, like, you have other options, man. You're not just stuck to Funky Buddha. You're not just stuck to Wicked Weed. You have so many other great options to to do and support your thing. And when people say, you know, you guys, you know, I don't understand why you guys have a craft beer podcast and aren't, aren't upset. Like, I just move on. Like I just, I drink what I like and our ultimate, when you come up to me and ask me about advice about buying beer or buying craft beer, but you like Bud Light or anything like that, it's honestly that my best piece of advice is to speak with your wallet. If you don't support big beer, then do not support breweries that are owned by big beer. If you like buying, if you like just fucking good beer then fucking buy whatever the fuck you want. And that's me. I like Wicked Weed. I like Funky Buddha. I like ballast point and that's what the beers i'm gonna buy don't yeah. do you like think beer. i mean I do you anticipate it. mike mike do you anticipate i guess this is my question i didn't get asked this but now i have this question do you anticipate the same i mean nobody got it worse than wicked weed did when they oh. sold out nobody got it worse than i mean nobody since oh, nobody bad. since goose island got it as bad as wicked weed goose island oh, got it the worst but, yeah but nobody got it worse since goose island than wicked weed did for whatever reason i mean the internet still is talking about wicked weed and they still hate that buyout yeah like they make fun of them on their media on their social media on the internet all the time every for that buyout. day you'll see every comments. day every day do you anticipate that same thing for this buyout no i don't think so i think wick i think wicked weed is pop more popular within the industry than funky Buddha is as a whole 
Uh, Funky Boo is big to Florida and Florida only, in my opinion, the way I see it, to where Wicked Weed is has that mystique and that, oh, my God, like, if you would have put Wicked Weed and Funky Boo neck, to, neck and neck and asked everybody which is a better brewery, pretty sure eight out of ten people is going to say Wicked Weed just because they have that mystique. They have that allure. They're in Asheville. They, they're they the kings of Asheville. They symbolize craft beer with all their, their events, their, you know, sour festival and, you know, what they stood for. Um, so I think Wicked Weed got it because they're, they're a hell of a lot more popular overall. And I, I don't know why they still get in it, but, I you know, I think, I think some of it has to do with InBev and InBev's reputation to where Constellation is either a better company or still relatively unknown to most drinkers of they don't know who the fuck Constellation is. Uh, and then I think it has to do with the reputation within the industry of, of Wicked Weed has a more solid foundation of being more more craft, I guess, more independent, doing the crazy yeah. shit to where Funky Boot is big in only one state. Well, they built their name on Sours, too, and that's cool. And Sours, Sours get a ton of praise over, over other styles because they're so unique and, and the natural uh, natural fermentation with the yeast and the wild yeast strands. And, and, and I know they're not doing it like the way the real Sours are made in Belgium, but it's still it, – putting out a good Sour deserves a lot of credit, and they get a lot of – you know people are very excited about that. So I can see why they get it. You know what I mean? Um, I see why they still get it, but uh, there's a huge hypocrisy to me of the people who are calling them out, pretending that when they go to Asheville, they're not going to fucking go there. Like, don't <laughs> yeah. lie to me. <laughs> yeah. Don't you dare sit here and tell me when I go to Asheville, I'm skipping the Funkatorium or Wicked Wheat. Both of I them. Mean, I'm sure there's I went people to that are actually going to be doing that, man. I'm sure there's that those people that are so upset that Wicked Wheat sold that they're going to go to Asheville and walk past Wicked Wheat and fucking give them the finger. I'm sure. And you know what? Those people are missing out on amazing beer. Yeah. And if you're, if you're about beer, if you're about good beer, that should not matter to you. Like, right. if you're about good beer, but like I said, if that's your belief, then good for you that, you know, that's your belief. You do your thing. You do you, I'm going to do me, but I don't understand that belief as much as I understand other things. Cause I think that's, I think it's hypocrisy to say, I, I love this brewery for what they were and what they put out and then to hate them the next day. When they're when they're putting out the same stuff you used to love, it makes you think: Are they actually true fans of that brewery? For them to flip like that, you know, the Yankees have know. have a bad season. I'm not gonna be a Mets fan. No, the Yankees have a bad season. I'm gonna keep being a Yankees fan till I die. Yeah, because they just have I mean, bad seasons a lot. You know, it's it's one of those things to where like I got into craft beer because craft beer to me tasted good, right? And that's how I've always seen it. I never liked craft beer because it was independent. I appreciated it. And I, we've gotten to meet a lot of great people through independency in craft beer, but I got into craft beer and I am still in craft beer because to me, it tastes better. And I like drinking things that taste better. Yeah. But there's such yeah, a divide absolutely. now. There's such a divide between you have half the people that like beer for beer, me and you, and you have the other half people who can care less what the beer is. They only give a shit about who owns it, which I don't, I can't relate to. I don't know why. It's cool. It's it's like, I don't know. It's cool. Like craft beer is cool and it's a, we want it to be cool. And the culture is so different and so unique than any other drinking industry or any other industry in general, really. Um, and I think that that's what people are afraid of losing is the culture behind craft beer. But let's be real guys. We've already talked about this on the show too. The culture's changed whether the buyouts are happening or not. The culture's totally becoming, uh, it's, it's becoming a more pretentious and more, you know, picky. whatever. Everyone's picky, picky, uh, polarized. We're ready to write a bad review or tell the people this beer sucks, no matter what, at any time. Um, yes, it's it's already become a, a different culture anyway. So don't blame the buyouts for that. That's already happening. I get it. You're afraid of losing the culture, but these people that built these companies that were built on these culture on this culture are getting paid lots of money, like lots and lots of money to sell it. And you can't blame somebody for that. Whether you agree with it or not, if somebody offered you a hundred million dollars for literally anything in your life right now, think real hard and say, would you take it or not? Yep. 
because <laughs> that's what these people are getting offered yep. or, or 200 or 500 or a billion dollars. Like, is anybody going to get mad if you a uh, ballast point sold for a billion dollars? Idiots. No. What? A billion dollars. Are you kidding me? You're a billionaire now. It's crazy. I, I don't, you know, I mean, if we get the right offer, this show's getting sold. <laughs> like him like i'll give you 20 grand for at the bar pockets i'm like all right where do i sign <laughs> abm oh, yeah. bev prices is, is uh 200 million yes hey, hey jeff guess what we need a new show i just sold it here's your check <laughs> it's it's all it's all you abm in bev for 200 million you just you just write us yeah. the check and it's all you yeah yeah that's it well let's end the show right there guys thanks again for listening to at the bar podcast just want to take the time to give you guys a little shout out uh, at the bar guys is our website. Check it out. I am adding our backlog of episodes every day or every other day. Or I'm trying to catch up to where, you know, our, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, our website is, is updated with our episodes. Uh, we will get there very soon. So if you don't want to subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher or on Google play, you just want to, you know, subscribe to the website and check back every week for the new episodes. You are more than welcome to do that. That is fine with us. You don't need to subscribe, but all of our episodes will be found there once I get done catching up. And we're up to almost episode 30. So we were more than three quarters of the way there. So every episode from one till the whatever one most recent one I, I post is up there. So guys, at the barpodcast.com, put in a lot of work. We got great things coming. We're going to be putting the queue of pictures up there soon. We're going to be having a shop, a store to buy our merch soon. So all that is happening. And we we're Super fucking excited. Absolutely. Um, so at the bar podcast.com is the number one spot to find everything about this show. Beautiful. I say. Jeff, what do you got going on, bud? Beautiful. We're, well, we, uh, we obviously had this kind of breaking news thing that kind of interrupted our normal schedule. We were going to continue doing the two-parter of the Cuba trip. So do stay tuned. Next week, we will be doing the Cuba trip, uh, second part there. Um, Funky Buddha's buyout just kind of got in the way of our schedule. So this was an impromptu. We have to talk about it. It's directly in relation to our show type thing. So that's why we jumped in on this. Uh, but stay tuned for the second half of that Cuba thing coming next week. Um, we are writing a whole write-up kind of travel article blog type thing that will be on the website about the Cuba trip as well. Um, anybody who's looking to go to Cuba, do so soon before it gets closed back down. Feel free to uh, comment to the page. We'll give you tips. We'll let you know exactly what you can and can't do. And uh, that's about it for me man nothing too much else going on yeah i i covered pretty much what's going on with me check out the website i'm i'm you know working on getting that updated the, the merch we got we brought on a designer who will we will re, he will remain anonymous for now we want to debut him once the, sh- the store is up and running have him on the show uh get going with that um yeah we're gonna do it like a little right off of cuba i might upload you know i'm gonna upload this episode before the cuba at part one so after this, it will be part one of the Cuba. And then next Sunday at the time of this recording, we'll be recording. So this will be this episode and then two parts of Cuba. Oh, beautiful. Uh, All right. That works yeah, better. Be better. So we already recorded Cuba part one last week. I didn't upload it last week because of this happened. So it's going to be this episode, Cuba part one, about the nightlife and drinks. And then Cuba part two about cigars. So stay tuned for that. Uh, other than that, man, I want to thank you to everyone who left comments and questions about this episode thank you so much and as always guys at the bar podcast.com and until next time we will see you guys and gals at the bar <laughs>